Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, Episode 27. This is the 200 Churches Podcast, created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of the 94% of congregations in America under 500 members. Now, here are two gentlemen that lead in a 200 church and strive to provide information that will make you smile, think, and be challenged. Oh, and they're all around nice guys, Jeff and Johnny. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady, and I'm here with Johnny Craig. And the reason for 200 Churches is to encourage, support, and inspire pastors of smaller churches. Wouldn't you agree, Johnny? I I would agree, without a doubt. All right. Now, Johnny, share with our listeners that one time when we had this huge disagreement in our ministry. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm... I'm trying to make believe a story here about us having a huge... You know, Jeff and I have a really great dynamic, and uh, I'm not trying to just say that, uh, but we were actually discussing this beforehand, that we both feel very blessed to be able to be on a staff together. Last night, uh, Jeff had an elders meeting. I did not go. I've been a little under the weather, uh, and so I was not at the elder meeting. Of, of course, Jeff had to give me grief for that, but I did not go to the elder meeting. But there was a topic brought up that was potentially um, not explosive, but controversial. Yeah, disagreeable. disagreeable. Sure. Yeah. There was a topic brought up that was potentially disagreeable, and I, I guess the elders had about 35, 40 minutes of discussion on it and came out, got a consensus, and, and moved forward. And I just think to myself, what could have happened if things had gone just a little bit differently was this huge disagreement. Nobody goes home happy. Uh, we don't find a clear path and direction to go on. And in so, so, so many uh, different situations and different churches, and maybe this has happened in your church, I don't know, um, that's, that's the type of thing that occurs, and then there are huge disagreement points and points of friction between people, between leadership team members, and even between members of the same staff. Now, Johnny, as you're talking about that, and we didn't pre-talk about this as we prepared for this particular podcast, but it just took me back. It reminded me of some ministry situations I was in where there was disagree. There was so much disagreement over so many disparate things I don't even know where we would have started to put the pieces back together. But but here's the problem. It's because as disagreement after disagreement after disagreement piled up, yeah. nobody dealt with it. And before long, you had so many disagreements, you, you disagreed on how many you had. It's like a huge disagreement snowball. So what we're going to talk about today is 10 steps to resolve any disagreement in ministry. And here is my precursor of a statement in this area, and that would be, if there's a disagreement, man, jump on it. And maybe that's the first one. Is that the first one? Uh, uh, no, it's not. Well, okay, it's not. Well, I've got the word immediately. This is now the unofficial first <laughs> one. The first one. But you know what? If, if there's a disagreement in ministry sure. between the pastor and a ministry leader, the pastor and an elder, the pastor and a deacon, a deacon and a deacon, an elder and a deacon, a pastor and a pastor. You get the point. Yeah. If there's a disagreement in ministry leadership, you got to jump on that. For sure. You can't let it fester. 
because when it festers, it begins to destroy the fabric of the heart of the ministry. Yeah, and this is, create this environment as a church leader, as a pastor out there, create an environment where you invite people to jump on things immediately, right? Don't create an environment where they feel like they have to have fear and let things fester whenever there's a disagreement. You create a permission to speak freely context. Exactly, exactly. And and truthfully, um, we aren't the guys who probably should be talking about this, even though I'm going to talk about it, because I guess I've been through a lot of very disagreeable ministry situations, but Johnny and I truly, I mean, have uh, have very good elders, have very good deacons, yeah. have very good ministry leaders, and also together have a very good relationship. But it all came at a cost, and it came at the price of having to confront issues and situations with different people over the over the years, and now we're finally to a really good spot in our ministry. So we want to share with you 10 steps to resolve any disagreement in ministry. So the first step is to communicate with your senior pastor immediately. And if you are a senior pastor, you have to communicate with yourself immediately, and not just with yourself, but with the other person. Yeah. Make a communication uh, bridge as soon as you possibly can with whatever the authority structure is in your church because that's that's going to stop the snowball from rolling down the hill on you. That's going to be a wall and a barrier to that snowball. And that would be the pastor if you're having a problem with your choir director, <laughs> with your evangelism director, with your parking lot supervisor. It doesn't matter. You have to speak about it immediately. In my first full-time ministry, truthfully, to my shame, I really didn't do this with the pastor that I worked with. And and what happens is if, if there's something that they do that you disagree with and you don't talk about it, it tends to pile up and pile up. And then, you know, halfway through the first year, you come to the guy and you say, hey, you know, you're doing this and I really don't agree. And he says, well, I've done that every week since you've been here. You haven't said a word. And then you really look like an idiot because... Pardon the, pardon the word, but you are an idiot, right? Because you haven't bothered to <laughs> Yeah, you have a little uh, egg on, on your that. face. So communicate immediately. That's the first thing, is get right on it. Get right on it to, for a resolution. And the second step is, uh, it comes from Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Seek first to understand, and the rest of that is, and then to be understood. And so come with a teachable spirit, come with a humble spirit. And it doesn't matter in the hierarchy, whether you're on top of, over, next to, if you're colleagues, if you're, it doesn't matter. You come seeking to understand the other person before you seek to be to be understood by the other person. Absolutely. And so if, if you're the pastor and, and you see two people having a disagreement, this is a great thing. Both parties should understand this principle. You know, this is, this is something that both sides really have to understand and desire to come to the middle and seek to understand before they seek to be understood. Otherwise, you're just talking over the top of each other. And that'd be a great problem to have, not talking over the top of each other, just the opposite. Two people that are really, really, really trying to be very good listeners. Right. Absolutely. And and then they would understand each other. So that's the first thing. The first thing is to understand the other person. What's the third thing, Johnny? Clarify your differences. So um, speaking and writing really helps to clarify. And uh, Dawson Trotman uh, actually said, thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through the lips and the fingertips. And I'm sure when he wrote that, he meant fingertips like with a pen. Nowadays, it's fingertips probably on a keyboard. Um, But what you need to do is really seek to break down what the differences are so that you can clarify them as simply as possible so that you can find some sort of 
direction through the disagreement. My roommate in college was uh, his parents were from Brazil, and uh, he had quite an incendiary personality. But but so did his brother, and his brother was two years ahead of us at the college. And his brother would come into our room, and he and his brother would argue vehemently on the same side of an issue for thirty minutes, and they never really clarified. They just liked to argue, sure. So they would argue and scream and holler, you know, and all that stuff. And and after about thirty minutes, they would realize. Oh, they're both on the same side of this issue. And I would just sit there and just, I'm the peacemaker. I wouldn't say a word. I would just watch him with a smile on my face. And uh, clarifying differences is just so important because if people get in, in their tails in a knot with each other or their yeah. backs in a hump with each other and never really clarify their differences, they may not talk for weeks, months. Some have gone even years without talking, serving in the same church, and never just taking the time to clarify a difference that probably could have been resolved fairly quickly. Yeah, so write it out, talk it out, and find some clarification. Number four is that you, you need to leave the personalities out of it. Uh, somebody might be an introvert, somebody might be an extrovert, uh, somebody might uh, you know not be able to communicate real well because of their personality type. The person... The problem with personalities is that they don't change. I mean, I'm an extrovert. I will never be an introvert. Right. Johnny, you will never be an introvert. (laughs) I sure won't. Nor will you never be. You'll never be a melancholy, you know? Right. The melancholies are the ones who, who write books, who paint paintings who come up with these inventions who uh you know can sit and focus all by themselves they don't need other people and they can make things happen you will never make anything happen Johnny, <laughs> because you are not a melancholy i am not a melancholy neither am i okay so so to say you know what i don't like you because you're always this way or i disagree with you because you're always that way and if you're talking about personality the problem is we can't change our personalities exactly i mean they're give our personalities given to us by god we cannot change it so in some kind of a disagreement when it involves a personality you you got to get the personality out of it, and you can't talk about that. What's number five? Number five is you have to find some common ground. Well, what if the there district. isn't any? Well, if it's a ministry context, there's always going to be common ground, uh, right? We have a common mission. Well, I, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, if there isn't any, there's a... There's probably a bigger problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. So try to find the common ground because that that gives you a place where you can be together in some relative peace, right? And then you can start to slowly work out from that center, from that common center, and hopefully try to build some sort of compromises um, around that center. So you have to find common ground with somebody. It's not black and white. It's not my side is di- it's like absolutely diametrically opposed to that side. There is some commonality. And within a ministry context, there really has to be some common ground. Yeah, and you know, 10, 15 years ago, during the height of the worship, wars, when some people wanted piano and organ, other people are going to walk out if a drum set comes onto the platform. Really, the truth is, they all wanted to worship God. That was the common ground. Right. If they could have focused on the fact that we want to worship God together, then there would have been a whole lot more advancement toward a resolution rather than arguing their reasons why they should have drums or arguing their reasons why they shouldn't have bass guitars and electric guitars. You know, that just, that's not going anywhere. But hey, well, wait a minute. 
we're, we both want to worship God right. together, we could probably come up with some kind of a resolution. Absolutely. So the sixth thing is follow the leadership hierarchy. And so I think what this one really comes down to is if there's an issue between Jeff and I, um, I'm the associate pastor, he's the senior pastor, and this is an issue that's not one of conviction, it's just an issue of preference, um, and we've, we've talked it out, we've gone around and around about it. Um, I, at some point, will submit to Jeff, right? He is, he is over me in the leadership hierarchy. Uh, that's a position that I'm comfortable with. And so at some point, I give in to uh, what Jeff desires on an issue because that's just the way that it has to be. And that's one of the reasons why all of us um, have just one head, you know, because if we had two heads, one head might want to go one way and the other head might want to go the other way, but there's only one body and that would present a problem. Absolutely. So in almost any situation, you know, you've just got some kind of a hierarchy. And I say this really first to me uh, as, as, a, as a lead pastor, um, th- that's, there's a responsibility there and there should be uh, – um, also some humility with people who do have some responsibility to lead others and also have to maybe sometimes make that final decision to do it with the right spirit and the right motives right. for the right reasons. Well, and it shouldn't be the default, right? Any dis- any disagreement or discussion that arises... Because I said so. Exactly. Right. Then then we've created kind of a dictatorship uh, situation. And so this is not a default. This is kind of, a, this is kind of an end game. It, and instead. I also say it because I needed to hear that maybe... 10 or 15 years ago sure. when I was on a staff and just had to remember, okay, I may have the better idea, and that's great, but then the, the, the burden is on me. How do I share that better idea in a respectful way with a person who has responsibility over me? Absolutely. Uh, so what's number seven, Jeff? Number seven, submit together to the Lord and allow the disagreement to grow your relationship. Now, this sounds awful pie in the sky. Well, it's, it's, it's pious. It's holier than thou. You know, <laughs> s- submit together to the Lord. But really what we're saying here is the, the real hierarchy is that we are all serving the Lord Jesus Christ. It is his church. He's the one who is building the church. And as we together humbly submit to the same master, there's something about that that helps us to resolve our disagreements. For sure. And, and that's a humbling thing. It's a difficult thing to do, um, especially when you feel like your side is the right way to go and the other side is the wrong way. But yeah, we all are serving Jesus together within a ministry context. And so submitting ourselves first to his uh, lordship, then that, that does allow the d- disagreement to grow the relationship. So uh, number eight is if you can't find a solution, seek a third party. And then this, this kind of goes with the leadership hierarchy aspect as well. So here at the church, we have a, a worship director, and uh, and I was c- talking to Jeff, and I said, well, if, if she and I were to have an issue, uh, if she and I were to have a disagreement or an argument or whatever, and we really could not figure it out, we couldn't find a solution between us, we could turn to you as a mediator to make that decision for us. Now, you're going back now to number six, follow leadership hierarchy. Right. That would be true for that. But it would also be true here, seek a third party. Or you could you could go to the to our children's ministry director. Sure. Because she's got a lot of wisdom. You could take it to her. And this whole third party thing is that if you go back and look through verses one through seven, communicating, understanding, clarifying, um, finding common ground, the third party will help you 
to realize whether or not you've really done those things. Right. Because you may think you've done those things, but have you really clarified the differences? Well, you may not even know, and the other person may not even know, but a third party from an objective viewpoint would be able to figure that out a lot easier. When I was in college, I was part of the mock mediation team. And maybe you're out there and you've heard of mock trial. Well, mock mediation, that's a thing as well. And mediation is really all about... Uh, non-litigiously finding resolutions. So two parties mm. who both might not feel comfortable affording a lawyer or, or taking something to court, mm-hmm. or maybe it's an issue that's maybe a little too small for a lawyer to want to pick up. Well, they can go to a third-party mediator and they can hash things out. And what the mediator really does, and what, what I would always try to do in those situations, was I'm trying to find... Uh, that common ground aspect that we talked about before. And then also, I'm trying to find the issue underneath the issue uh, so that things can be hashed out on a better level. And so uh, finding a third party would be a great way to really run through these other uh, steps together and, and really a great way to find a resolution. And, you know, they say that if you can't write something out, we talked about passing through the lips and the fingertips. If you can't write something out and, and have clarity with it, you, you really don't even understand what you're talking about. And right. if you together can't explain, if you haven't clarified those differences in a way that you can't explain that to a third party, then you, you need to go back to the drawing board and you need to figure it out. And I'm convinced that leaders in ministry have the most burden to resolve disagreements. Absolutely. There's, there's so much on the line because really we're dealing with eternal life or eternal death for people that we're trying to reach and that we're trying to uh, help them grow in Christ. Now, number nine is this, uh, always speak well of each other in public. And um, that's really important. And this isn't just for leaders. This is really for anybody. I mean, this is just a, this is just a spiritual principle here. But always speak well of your partner in ministry to other people and, and avoid being drawn into this empathetic third party who says, you know, Johnny, I, I, I know Jeff. I've known Jeff longer than you, and he can be tough to work with, you know. And I, I saw what he did the other day, and, it, you know, that, that was just wrong. I mean, don't, don't you agree? Because you were there. You saw that, Johnny. That was just wrong that Jeff would do something like that. Yeah, I have a friend who really um, got burned in a church situation that he was in. It, would, it was a 200 church, and he really got burned in that situation. And uh, I, <laughs> it was almost frustrating for me to watch as he just went about his business and, and didn't really say anything bad about the pastor or the church or the situation. He, he went peacefully. He went on his way and, and didn't feel the need to shout from the rooftops that he had had uh, whatever issues he had had. Um, now, I, I hope that in that situation, I wasn't the empathetic third party, right, waiting in the wings. Uh, I'm not, we don't think you should never like have close friends who you can talk to about these things, but within the church body, it is best to not speak ill of each other and never speak ill of each other in public. Um, but he really did a great job of that and refused to get dragged into conversations of what happened, why did it happen. Everything to him was just, you know, it was what it was, the decisions were made that were made, and now it's time to move on. If you're a young leader, here's how it goes. Young leaders often look at a situation and they judge what's right and what's wrong. They don't care about anything else. They want to know what's right and what's wrong. And so if you've got this quote-unquote empathetic third party who's, who could be a busybody or they could be a well-meaning you know, uh, member of the congregation come to you and they say to you, you know, this pastor that you're working with, man, 
what he did or what she did, it really wasn't right, was it? I mean, it just wasn't right. And as a young leader, you don't feel like it would be morally correct for you to disagree with them because they're right. What this guy or this lady did, it wasn't right. And so you don't feel like you have the opportunity then to say anything other than, yeah, you know, you're right. You know, John really blew it, or Mary, yeah, she really blew it. You know, you're right. And you know what? She's uh, just between just between you and me, <laughs> sure. famous last words, just between you and me, there's been more stuff going on beside the, behind the scenes here at, you know, First Church than, <laughs> right. than what people know. And, you know, just between you and me, I need somebody to talk to about this. Can I trust you to just, just between you and me? So don't ever... Listen, if you've got a problem with your colleague, with a ministry worker, with your associate pastor, with your senior pastor, you go to them and you talk about it with them. Absolutely. And if somebody else wants to talk to you about it, you tell them the same thing. Well, you know what? Um, you, you know, I work with this person, and this person needs to know they can have my trust. And part of having trust is that I won't talk behind their back. So if you have an issue with them, I'd be glad to go with you to talk to them. Otherwise, you know, if I have an issue, I certainly go to them myself and we have a conversation. But if you'd pray about all of this, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, that's, right? I think that's really excellent. So, uh, just that's a little bit of free advice for those of you out there, out there who are young leaders, because you know, it wasn't that long ago, I remember, and I was caught in those situations, and I didn't always do the right thing. Sure. And it's always good to find a church member who wants to be on your side and say you're better than you know, another staff member. That's a little bit flattering, and it's the wrong way to go every time. Johnny, what's the last one, number 10? The last step um, to resolve any disagreement in ministry is come to a resolution quickly, but still allow appropriate time for that to happen. So you you don't want to rush through things, but you also don't just want to set it on the back burner and let it simmer. So you want to move through the steps. You want to move toward resolution steadily at a, at a steady pace. You're not waiting. You're not hesitating. You're not, you know, to and fro doing everything else, but you, you also don't want to just like, we got a problem, snap, snap, here's what we're doing, and then it's done. Um, th- these things have to happen naturally, and, and they do take specific steps to go that direction. When you force things, often you can break things. You know, when you force those kinds of situations, unfortunately, you can even break people. Sure. And that isn't the way to go. And, and really, sometimes the solution is there's no solution. The solution is it's a disagreement that we're going to agree to disagree on, and A, we're just going to move forward, or B, it's such a situation that that we're going to have to part ways. But either way, come to a resolution, and the longer you let it hang out there, if you are going to continue on together, well, then get on with it and start, you know, taking care of God's people and honoring, honoring the Lord with your ministry. And if you're not, well, then get on with that. Because, I mean, even Paul and Silas got to such a disagreement. I mean, here you got these two guys. They started out in the book of Acts. They got into such a disagreement that they parted ways. They they literally, the apostle Paul could not work with Silas anymore, and Silas could not work with Paul anymore because of this guy, you know, John the young man Mark, probably. <laughs> Thank you. That's a little church history. But so today we would encourage you if you if there are disagreements within your church on your staff between uh, members of your leadership team 
really get on top of those as soon as possible and work through these steps. Work toward resolution. Uh, work toward um, work toward finding common ground with each other and really resolving those conflicts. And uh, the last thing I want to say today is if you still haven't, we would really, really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, and give us some kind of rating. And we're not going to make any money off that. Uh, this isn't something that we are doing for personal gain. What we are doing is something we believe can help a lot of small church pastors. And we want um, this podcast, this blog, to reach as many people as possible. And the more ratings we get, uh, the more subscribers we get, the higher and higher and higher, as Jeff said last week, our flag gets raised and, and we can get more attention from small church pastors looking for resources. Yeah, it's something like some kind of a Google algorithm type thing. And uh, I would explain it, but we're at the end of the podcast. There's no time. I don't have time. Right. No no time for that. Thank you for <laughs> listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Feel free to give the guys feedback or ask questions at 200churches.com. And remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church matters big in the kingdom of God.